Sooner or later, every spiritual seeker finds themselves stuck, plateaued, or just unable to make progress spiritually. It can really be a challenge to overcome this stage and reach the next level of spiritual growth. In the course of my work with clients, I often hear them express this type of frustration. They tell me things like, I've been meditating for years. I've studied with all of these teachers. At this point, I know all of these spiritual principles, but it still seems like I'm just not progressing spiritually. These are the types of things that I hear often. Now, if you can relate and you wanna learn how to get out of this spiritual rut, then stay tuned. Welcome to the Karmic Warrior Podcast, where we talk about living an extraordinary life by practicing time-proven and tested teachings of yoga wisdom. I am your host, Lisa Ingalls Witter. I'm a psycho-spiritual counselor, I'm a meditation teacher, and the creator of the Karmic Warrior Oracle Deck. Now, the goal of this podcast is super simple. It's really just to make it easier than ever before for anyone to find happiness and fulfillment in their everyday life by using the wisdom teachings that have already been handed down to us for millennia and to occasionally dispel some of those myths out there, especially in new age spirituality, which hold us back without our even knowing. All right, so two quick things before we dive into our episode. First, be sure to subscribe to my channel if you haven't already. I release new videos and episodes like this about how to live a freer, fuller life by using the time-proven principles and practice of yoga wisdom on a weekly basis. And then second, most spiritual seekers have heard of the law of attraction, but did you know that there's another law? It's called the law of karma. And if you understand how it works, you can live a life free of struggle, free of frustration and anxiety and worry despite any challenges that you might be facing in your life. If you aren't familiar with the law of karma, then be sure to head on over to my website, download my free ebook. It's called Karma Demystified. It's a really quick 15, maybe 20 minute read where you can get a crash course on what the law of karma is, how karma is created, and how to clear your karma so that you can step into a freer, more fulfilling life right now. In this episode, I wanna talk about what a yogi like you, like me, can do when we have found ourselves spiritually stuck. Like I said in the intro, everybody at some point, if you're on this path and you're committed to this path, you will probably find that you hit a plateau, like you're not going anywhere. And what I've learned is that there are four things that we all need if we wanna progress on the path of spiritual awakening. When these four things come together, we will experience progress towards awakening to the truth. The truth of what? Well, the answer to that question is the truth of who you really are, who anyone really is, and to the true nature of reality. It's, it's the crux of the spiritual path is to be able to answer that question, who am I? 
as a felt sense, knowing the truth of who you are and then abiding in that and living your life from that place. So really quick side note here before I lay out what these four things are, this is a really big topic. So what I've decided to do is release a series of videos. This this episode is going to be like an overview of these four things and then if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure that you do that because I'm going to be releasing a series of videos that covers each one of these four things in more detail. Um, and I think that'll be helpful to you so that this episode doesn't have to be like two hours long. We can keep it to a reasonable length. So the first thing that you need is practice or sadhana, right? It goes without saying that progress doesn't happen without practice. And when I say practice, I mean consistent, regular practice. You can't just practice one day a week. You can't just practice uh, three days a week for 10 minutes and expect to make real um, progress on the spiritual path. You need sincere, dedicated, focused, committed practice. And when clients or students ask me, well, how, how much do I have to practice? My answer is, well, how fast do you want to progress? Because if you're doing the right types of practices consistently and with a sincerity of heart, then you will progress quite quickly on the spiritual path. One of my teachers um, says that if you do the right practice consistently daily, he says like even if it's just 20 to 25 minutes every day for a couple of years, you can attain that goal of becoming awakened to your true nature, which is something that some people do they, they meditate for years and years and years and, and never get to that point. But it really, and we'll get to that in a moment, why is it that you can, you can meditate for you know years and years and never reach your goal of spiritual awakening? And that's in part why I've wanted to create this episode because it's not just about practice. There's three other things and you need all four of these things to come together. You can't just have one, you can't just have two or three, you need all four of these things. But practice is the foundation. You have to have practice. Now, it's interesting because in yoga wisdom traditions, practice is how you gain experiential knowledge. And experiential knowledge is valued above conceptual knowledge. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that um, just believing what you are told and having the knowledge that's based on belief, which is conceptual knowledge, is one thing. And it's quite a different thing to have direct experience, knowledge that is gained through direct experience. Here's an example, you know, someone could tell you what chocolate tastes like and you could have a concept of chocolate in your mind without ever having tasted chocolate. And you could talk about chocolate as much as you want and all the hints and the notes of how it tastes on the palate. 
but it's a very, very different thing to taste chocolate and to have the experience, the sensory experience of chocolate. So it's the same thing for your spiritual practice. It's one thing to have a concept, have all of these concepts about, you know, I am the one infinite consciousness. Great. You got it. It's a concept. But have you had that felt experience of being that one infinite consciousness? It's the difference between being able to explain chocolate and actually having tasted chocolate. That's the, the best I can say with uh, what I mean by practice, right? So you need to have this experiential types of practice. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong or I, I wouldn't say that they go wrong, but the practice itself is more of a conceptual thing for them versus a felt experience. So you need to have the right type of practice. It needs to be sincere. It needs to be focused. It needs to be committed. You need to make sure that you're doing the right types of practice. And what I mean by that is, and if you've listened to me at all, you've heard me use this analogy and I just use it till I'm blue in the face just because it's so simple, is that if you're gonna go run a marathon, you're not gonna go out and just to practice, you're not gonna do sprints all day long. You need to go run six miles and then 10 miles and then 13 miles and then 18 miles and have these long runs and build yourself up to be able to do a marathon. What is the goal of your practice? And are you doing the appropriate practices that match your goal? A lot of people aren't, and that's why they get stuck on the spiritual path, okay? So let's talk about the second thing, number two, and that is what we would call the teachings, or you might think of it, um, some people call it the Dharma, the teachings. So in yoga wisdom, you also need scripture, you need teachings, you also need a spiritual teacher, which I'll get to in just a moment, because that's the third thing. But let's, let's look at these one by one here. So the teachings. A common mistake in today's, you know, era of unlimited access to as many spiritual teachings as you can imagine is to follow really what I would call a smorgasbord or a, um, a buffet of spiritual teachings. So maybe, and this happens quite a bit, I talk to people who tell me, well, I've been following the Course in Miracles for the last 10 years, but I also am studying with the Zen Buddhist teacher and I'm really interested in yoga philosophy as well. Now, while all of these different types of spiritual teachings from the outsider at first onset might seem like they're teaching you the same thing, you might not realize that fundamentally there's some core differences in the teachings and in reality, the teachings are incompatible with each other. And primarily what, what I find when I'm working with clients or students is that they don't realize that they're using some teachings that are based in a dual 
like duality and other teachings that are based in non-duality and they try to combine these two types of teachings and get very very confused and it gets even more confusing if you're in the world of yoga and yoga philosophy because there are certain yoga philosophies that are based in a dualistic view of reality and there are other yoga teachings that are based in a non-dualistic view of reality and there are you know oftentimes people think that they're the same thing because at the outset it seems like they're saying the same thing but they're not saying the same thing so it can get very very confusing and this is why um it's very very important when we're talking about teachings to commit to and study just to one set of teachings for an extended period of time what do i mean by extended period of time I mean, spend at least a year. <laughs> I mean, and that is bare minimum because usually one year isn't enough time within one philosophy or one view to, to really dig in and, and understand a set of teachings. But at least a minimum of a year, I would say, maybe even two years because this is gonna help you to understand the nuances of that philosophy and of that view, right? So. A key here is to seek out teachings that have what I would call a lineage. Um, one of my teachers, Christopher Wallace, says it really, really beautiful in his book, Tantra Illuminated. He says that scripture exists as a representative document of an entire community. And this is really important because what he's saying when he wrote this is that scripture is this document of collective wisdom that is passed on from one generation to the next centuries over centuries over centuries and in doing so the wisdom of these documents of these scriptures is of course also passed on and it's passed on hopefully i mean the idea is that the scriptures are passed on only if they are effective for the entire community or for a wider group of community and what that does is it keeps it's a system it's a types of checks and balances and he talks about this in his book tantra illuminated it's a type of checks and balances that keep the occasional false guru or a false teacher from giving teachings as if they are universal or ultimate truth um, and leading spiritual seekers astray. And I know that we have seen a lot of this, especially lately, it seems like if you're watching Netflix or Prime Video or Hulu or whatever, there's all of these documentaries that come out about these spiritual teachers, right? In, in new age communities, spiritual communities, it's a common mistake to think that certain spiritual fads are based in time-proven um, traditions and time-proven scriptures. Of course, if you know me, you know I'll say a law of attraction is one of those spiritual fads. It's a new age teaching, but it's not based in scripture. There's also teachers, which we'll talk about in just a moment, and this might just be a good segue into the teacher piece because that's the third thing that you need is a teacher. Um, but we want to be sure that our teachers are not self-appointed gurus, which there are, again, we've seen documentaries about it, 
quite a few of them out there who claim that they're teaching from, you know, they've been appointed or they've, they've just awakened without any help. This happens very, very rarely. Um, teachers who claim that they're teaching from scripture when in fact that they're not, and I'm gonna name some names here, so please forgive me if, if this is your teacher or um, I just am gonna say it because there are false gurus out there and we get taken by them, Osho. Right, Rajneesh, he was a, a guru who many people um, claimed that they got transmission from, and I have no doubt that they did get transmission. I actually have neighbors here where I live who were who were devotees, disciples of Osho. Um, but Osho was not from a lineage, and he sort of created his own form of spiritual teachings that was loosely based in you know yogic scriptures but he was just a brilliant guy and he was um he was he was charismatic and he knew how to develop a following so osho was one of them uh, we found out re recently yogi bhajan um who kundalini yoga, uh, the, the kundalini yoga of uh, Yogi Bhajan, another person who was a self-appointed type of guru out there. On the internet, we have, if you're, if you're on YouTube, often you've probably heard of Teal Swan or Benito um, Masaro or even Satguru. So I just say these names. I have nothing against these particular teachers. I'm just saying that they're not following scripture. And remember, if we go back, we have number one is our practice. Our practice is based in scripture. And we need a teacher to help us unpack the scripture. But if we have a teacher who's not following scripture, they're not really going to help us unpack the scripture. So you need a teacher. They don't have to be enlightened. I mean, this was a big aha for me when my teacher uh, talked about this, that a teacher does not have to be an awakened being because it's what's called the guru principle can find its way into anyone for a moment in time and anyone can transmit a truth, an ultimate truth. They don't have to be an awakened being. But when you're looking for a, a true guru or a true teacher, which is needed on the path, they do need to have adequate experience, personal experience, and hopefully knowledge in the view or the philosophy that you're studying. Okay? So the final thing that I want to say about why we all need teachers, because I know in in Western culture, it's really common, this common idea, this common thought of, I am my own guru. I do not need, I do not need a true guru. I am my own true guru. So, you know, that is one line of thought in Western culture, but it is a dangerous way of thinking. And here's why. We all need teachers. We can't walk this path alone. We all need a guru. Um, even if you have your own practice and therefore you have your own direct experience, presumably 
you need a guru. Um, you need a guru because the guru will help you to understand. You can go to your guru, your teacher, to, to talk to them about what your experience in practice is and then they can guide you in your practice. And they're gonna help you to correctly understand the teachings. They're gonna help you correctly interpret your direct experience, your practice in the context of the teachings so that you don't misinterpret your experience and practice, which happens quite often with people who don't have have teachers that they work with on a regular basis is they misinterpret their practice and the results of their practice to be something that it's not and they don't have someone there to help them interpret what just happened so this is why having a teacher that you can have a direct relationship with that you can have conversations with who you can ask questions to is so so important i can't stress that the importance of that enough so the last thing that you need is a community and sometimes it's called a sangha sometimes it's called a kula and while the spiritual journey is absolutely it's a solo event uh, the community is an integral part of your spiritual awakening of your spiritual journey it's it's integral to the project of spiritual awakening and here's why at least in my experience it's so so helpful to have a community because you're now with a group of people who are presumably on the same path as you following the same view the same scripture the same teachings as you are so what that means is they can support you you can support them along the way the other thing is in community we learn from each other's journey you can listen to what other people are experiencing in their practice and go aha i've had that experience too i can totally relate to it or the opposite you can go whoa that's interesting you had that experience i had this experience and you'll know along the way oh if susie or tommy had that experience and at some point you have it you can remember oh yeah susie talked about that i've had i just had that experience so what happens is your journey gets reflected back to others you hear others you relate their journey to your journey and this is a very very important part of the path and the other piece about community is that ideally a healthy community will hold the teacher accountable if it's a true guru they will not try to have power over and they will act in accordance uh, to the higher good of the community and the community there becomes a reflection of the teacher and the teachings as well i love what my teacher says and i think he says that he he heard this from another teacher who said that the any spiritual community is you can tell how good the teachings or the teacher are based on the community 
In other words, how many people are actually waking up in the community, in the particular community of, of the teachings in the spiritual teacher? If there are a lot of people who are down and out and everybody's having trouble, then maybe you want to question, is this the right teacher for you? Is this the right community? Is, are the teachings the right teachings for you? Or is it a community where there are a good number of people, doesn't mean everybody, but you know, there are a good number of people waking up, like having awakening experiences and not only having awakening experiences, but eventually being able to sustain those experiences. None of this happens unless you have these four things, right? These four things, which are committed practice, doing the right types of practice and having direct experience of number two, which is the teachings. Having a set of teachings that have, have some type of history to them that are time proven and tested. In other words, these scriptures have been handed down simply because they work. They've been proven true time over time over time over and over and over the teachings have worked for the community number three you need the teacher who can unpack the teachings for you and help you to see if you're on the right track with your practice and then number four you need your community you need the container of the community that holds everything else that holds you in your practice, that holds the teachings, that holds the teacher, right? So if you find yourself spiritually stuck, if you find yourself in a spiritual rut, you're probably missing one of these four things. What is it for you? And if you're saying to yourself right now, I have all four of these things, then I invite you, as my teacher I think would say, um, to look at who your teacher is and what the teachings are. Because maybe the teachings aren't really steeped in time proven, they haven't been proven over time, or maybe the teacher has some other hidden agenda. So those are some areas to look and of course look at your practice. Um, is your practice, are you committed to your practice? Are you doing your practice on a regular basis? Like I said, you need all four of these things if you want to get unstuck. So I hope that this was helpful to you. I know if I had had um, someone tell me this early along on my spiritual path, it might have made it a little bit easier for me. It's sort of just like a map, like a guidepost, like these are the things that you need go, <laughs> go, take this and go. So thank you so much for joining. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it was helpful to you. Please do leave a comment and let me know what you thought. If you have any questions or comments, I always do answer those. I do reply to those. And once again, be sure to keep an eye out for my follow-up videos where I'm going to go into a little bit more of a discussion on each one of these four things so that we can unpack it and take a little bit more time with it. 
Until then, thank you so much for joining me. Have a wonderful day and namaste. Thank <laughs> you.